when you finally realize what is required of you and you take into consideration that every day you practice cultivating father's requirements for you see and that's the beauty of this and you better understand what is required of you if you ask the Holy Spirit the obvious questions because he leads and guides you in all truth this is why I said connect with the Holy Spirit see on this side of the New Testament you are responsible for how you cultivate his life in you from the blessings out of his kingdom in this world that you're not to be participating in those are his words so to understand your requirements has everything to do with your relationship your cooperation to the Holy Spirit your relationship to Yeshua Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior our brother our Messiah and also as you have accessibility and the proximity to our Heavenly Father see this this right here is the game changer and so I could probably spend the next few hours talking about your kingdom requirements but I want to help you in this see your requirements is by your king who is also your judge and he's also your heavenly father and he has every right he has every initiation in you and through you and he has authority over you when you're saved and born again so you have to inquire to the Holy Spirit in this deal because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to teach you how to cultivate and live your new life as a son to your Heavenly Father under his authority and his authority is his governing administrating of his protocols his heavenly protocols his heavenly ordinances and his heavenly statutes see that's why he, the Holy Spirit's a game changer and when you realize that you have to ask about your requirements when you realize that you have an advantage and the Holy Spirit is your advantage he is the one who's going to instruct you in your protocols that you have to learn about in the ordinances that you have to learn about in the statutes that you have to learn about as a New Testament born again son and daughter So, let me go over here. I want to share this with you. This is awesome. This is so awesome. Who am I in Christ? Who am I in Christ? This has to be better understood this way. Who am I in Christ that the Father has called me to be? And so you have to return to first position. To understand what is required of you, you have to understand your first position. And your first position is that you are a son. And every time I say this, I do not alienate, offend, or diminish 
any of God's daughters listening to this program, not listening to this program. Sonship is the relationship between a son and his heavenly father. Sonship includes the daughters. And so your relationship between you and your heavenly father is how you mature. And so as you are coming under his standing, understand, right? As you are learning how to come under his standing, under come under his governance, come under his administration as a New Testament saved, born again believer. There are requirements that the Holy Spirit begins to teach you in, teach you through, and manifest so that you can see them in real time. So that's why he's the game changer. That's why you have to ask the better questions to the Holy Spirit. What is my requirements? What are my requirements? What is my assignment? What, what, what do you have to manifest before me? And these are just the beginning of questions because every day you get the opportunity to ask questions so that you can understand for yourself what is required of you because I can tell you what are my requirements but that is not going to help you to understand your requirements because we're all individual in this game of life. We're all a branch connected to the vine. And so all of us being a branch, having our own part to the tree out of the one seed. So my requirements that he has given to me won't necessarily be your requirements. And so you have to understand if anything I'll share with you is to ask the Holy Spirit questions about Father's requirements because it's him who's on the throne who's compelling you by his spirit because the Holy Spirit is leading you into all truth. So by compulsion, our Heavenly Father draws us toward him through his spirit. So there's requirements in this kingdom. So I want to share with you um, maybe some, uh, what do I want to say, quotes maybe to help encourage you and maybe in the encouragement will help you to begin digging and understanding who you are to be as required by your Heavenly Father, not required by your church. That's a whole nother conversation. See, the church's requirements don't normally come in agreement to Father's requirements unless the church is in and under the sanction of Father's kingdom and they are in the kingdom. At best, you're dealing with a religion of denominations and these denominations are men who have broken off from standards and traditions and out of their bent interpretations of the scriptures. So be careful of who you are following. So your requirements come through and come to you by the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Your requirements come through, come to you by the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to tell you this. If you are a Bible studier, if you study the Bibles, plural, 
and you like to study the Bibles, I want to share this software with you. It's called Logos Bible Software. And I've been using this Logos Bible Software, now we're in 2022, a little over 12 years. And you can get your hands on this massive volume of, of books. You have to have a, a space on your computer or a tablet or an iPhone with a large gigabytes. But you have a volume of different types of Bibles from the Lexham English Bible to the Holman Christian Study Bible to the ESV Bible. You have notes from the Geneva Bible. You, you can get, download all these Bibles from many theologians. And I have a plethora of library that I, I use this to study along with my traditional Bibles. And so if you want to take advantage of this, I want you to look in this episode and get the link and get your discount off of Logos Bible software, Logos Bible 9, by the way. You won't regret it. You'll love it. It will help you in your studies of the kingdom, Bible history, um, getting insight from other theologians, the, the early first fathers, and so on and so forth. And there's so much to learn from Logos Bible software. And you can also get involved in the community of Logos Bible software from Faith Life. So go ahead and grab the link right now and you'll get your get my discount. You're not paying anything extra, by the way. You just get my discount because you listen to the show. How, how awesome is that? But you got to be a first-time user of Logos Bible software. You won't regret it. Go ahead and get your orders today. So I'm using Logos Bible software. And I want to share this with you um, to help you understand what is required of you. Just to bring to your, your remembrance... And maybe this is the struggle because you've been maybe cavalier in your faith, maybe cavalier in your love, in your culture, with your Heavenly Father, your relationship, in the patterns of how you relate to your Heavenly Father, even in cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been cavalier in that. And maybe you've been even cavalier with abiding in Jesus, abiding in His Word, abiding in His love, and abiding in the bearing of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and they would be abiding in you. Maybe you've been cavalier in that. So I want to help you to encourage you because this is a new level of deeper, deeper stuff here inside the episode. A little different from the radio show, but I get to go on a little bit deeper and spend enough time opening up and deconstructing, I call them the treasures, and opening up the doors to the kingdom so that you can really connect and apply yourself because you can study and study and study but if you never apply yourself to what you're studying then you have a whole bunch of information and knowledge and that's not what we want to do you have enough of that but right here for right now I want you to begin applying yourself so I want to help you with your memory and bring to your remembrance what you can listen for and remind yourself to help you understand what is required of you now I want to remind you again I talked about the Holy Spirit see on this side of the New Testament as being saved and born again and yes you must be saved and born again to enter into the kingdom those are Jesus words I attest to them as my witness as well like many others so I'm just reminding you to what he says on this side of the New Testament we have kingdom requirements and see the struggle in America has always been 
their protesting of a king. It's even in their Protestant religion, protesting. So they have never developed a faith under a monarchy. So in that saying, it's going to be hard for many in America who are democratic and can vote their elected officials in and out of office every four to six years, right? But see, in the kingdom, you don't vote. And that's the schism that many find them in. How do you get in a kingdom? Because when the paths are crooked and you still have to walk those crooked paths because Father's going to straighten those paths and He is still in those paths that are crooked. It's those times where even, even the strongest in their faith will not want to continue the walk because it's too hard. And so what I'm saying is this. The kingdom culture and kingdom requirements is likened to the rich young ruler and his relationship with Jesus. What do I have to do, Lord? Just tell me. And the Lord told him. And he literally walked away from the Lord. So in America, not everybody, when they hold fast to a Protestant religion, a protesting religion, in fact, they are protesting the kingdom. The Protestant religion based itself off of protesting a king. And even in the, the first forefathers to America, and you have your arguments of who are actually the first forefathers, but the Puritans and those who came from England and Ireland and from Portugal and Spain and back then, Gaul, which is France. They wanted to create their own religion and they had great intentions of doing so. But in protesting a ruthless king who protested the universal church, the Catholic church, the walk in the kingdom is not a protestant faith because we have kingdom requirements to live in as we live, live under kingdom authority. So you are a child of God. What is required of you? You, you are required to believe and know that you are a child of God. Galatians 3.26. I want to share this with you. For you all are you are all children of God through the faith in Jesus Christ. Him being the firstborn son. So having faith in the firstborn son, and we are adopted by the spirit of adoption when we are, have been saved and born again, we then become children of Heavenly Father. Making us no longer a slave, but God's child. And see, you have to really rectify and reconcile your position as a son. This is your first requirement. You have to understand that you are a child of God since you are his child. And God has made you also an heir, as Galatians 4 and 7. Repeat that again for you so you really get this down. See, when we were in the kingdom of darkness, we were a slave to 
the kingdom's systems, the kingdom's cultures, and the kingdom's belief patterns. When Jesus came and agreed to Father's audible, in time, Jesus became the game changer. And so when he saved you and I alike, he saved us out and from underneath the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of wickedness, the kingdom of, of our adversary, Satan, Lucifer. And when he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness, that was when he saved us and he liberated us and he redeemed us back to his heavenly father. And so we became no longer a slave at that moment when we were saved. And then the transfer of entering the kingdom of heaven in that transfer piece is the transaction of the Holy Spirit. And that transaction of the Holy Spirit is the validation of the the ransom that Jesus paid for you and me alike. And so that made us no longer a slave to the kingdom of darkness, but we became immediately at that moment born again with birthrights to a new kingdom that has protocol, statutes, and ordinances. And since we are a child of God, and we're a father's child, we mature, and God has also made us a co-heir with Christ Jesus. Looking at John chapter 15, 11, I'm going to give you some some words of encouragement that's going to help you understand your first position. Talking about first position, then we'll get into the position of the elect and how the elect live, because then he breaks down John chapter 15, verses 4 through 16. That is a beautiful study of your requirements as a son and co-heir and what is offered and obligated to the co-heir in the kingdom requirements. It is beautiful. Well, first position is first position. You must believe and know and understand and trust that you are a child of God when you're saved and born again. So your responsibility is to grow in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It's your responsibility. He is all of our teachers. People like myself, brothers and sisters like myself, whether they are other apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, bishops, deacons, and other elders, administrators, we're servants to serve you to Jesus Christ. Requirements of the kingdom. See how this works? We don't serve you to to serve us. We serve you to Jesus who said in his own words, I am the door, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except they come through me. So those in the elect offices, the elect servanthoods, commissioned by Jesus alone, commissioned, and also commissioned by apostles and prophets, yes, there exists today for your benefit. We serve you to Jesus. So there are many layers and elements and functions and purposes of the requirements of the kingdom. John 15, 11, I want to break this over for you guys so you get this. This is really kind of cool. Just bring it into your remember, your remembrance. That is a hard word to get off your lips. Bring into your remembrance, your understanding of what is required of you in first position. 
Jesus says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you know that as a child of God, you are complete with joy? Do you, you understand that? That is a requirement of Father, that His only begotten Son fills our soul with His joy. See, we have a, a level in us that is void or vacant, and Jesus is the filler. So our cup should be full as children of God because of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get that in a second. I want to go here first. That's John 15. Really awesome teaching on that. Let's see if I can get there on this episode. I've done it before, but helping you to understand you, what is required of you. Phase one, position one. Understand that you are blessed. You are alive in Christ. You are blessed because of this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to our Heavenly Father, Abba Father, Elohim, I Am. And who's the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So you are already blessed when you became saved and born again. All of that in the heavenly realms was released and is released to you. It's in the heavenly realms. I'll go back into Ephesians chapter 3 in a second because you got to understand it. Because some of you are saying, mm, I don't know about that. But no, you study yourself to show yourself approved unto a heavenly father. Test all things, prove all things, hold fast is true. So test it. Test the words I'm saying. Hold fast to the words I'm saying. See, when you're testing, you're judging, you're discerning. You're discerning righteously. You're, you're discerning line upon line, good from the bad and bad out of the good. So you're dissecting every word. You're, you're judging it. And that's okay because you're supposed to judge each other righteously. So you know that you are blessed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, right? Praise be to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ has a heavenly Father. So we can stop the confusion that Jesus is upon the throne and Jesus is the Father because Jesus is the Son of God and He is God in the flesh. He is the visible image of the invisible Heavenly Father. He is the the Son of God. He carries the DNA and the RNA of Heavenly Father. But Heavenly Father is upon the throne. It is my witness and my testament. I'm telling you. It's a wonderful... um, it's it's, It's by grace alone to witness and discover His glory upon the throne. So, praise be to Abba Father, our, our Abba Father, Elohim, the great I am of our Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we understand the heavenly Father's upon the throne. This is the blessing. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms above the stratosphere, the mesosphere, and the hemisphere with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ. So you were not designed to stay on earth. Father designed you spiritually to ascend and descend by faith. That's Ephesians chapter 3. I'll, I'll go there in a second. Psalms 118, 26. I'm going to go there in a second here. I got I to gotta stay maintained. I got to stay and maintain. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Jesus, 
from the house of the Lord, we bless you. You're blessed. You were blessed at the time of Jesus' birth. You were blessed at the time of Jesus' birth because your father knew that you would be his child. He knew. Ephesians 2 and 4 through 5, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, Heavenly Father, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ Jesus, his son. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by the grace of God you have been saved. You are alive because of Jesus Christ. You are dead in your sins, dead in your transgressions, dead in your debt, dead in your offenses. Dead men walking you were, part of a dead kingdom, a wicked kingdom, a vile kingdom, ruled by Lucifer, an inferior spirit at best. You are someone who is deeply loved by God. And this Many people struggle with this. Do you understand what is required of you? You are required to understand and believe that your Heavenly Father loves you above all else. And this love that He loves you with, well, we do this on the radio show. It's agape love. This is unconditional love. It's the same method and form and purpose of the highest love from our Heavenly Father unto us. He loves us in the same volume of love that He loves His only begotten Son our brother, our Messiah. The same volume of love. That's a lot of love. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Listen to this one real close. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, this is Paul writing to the Roman church here, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Say that in first person. Again, you are loved in the highest method and form of agape, unconditional love. With the volume of love, Heavenly Father loves Christ Jesus, who sits at the right hand of his throne, he loves us in the same way. Do you understand what is required of you? You're required to reciprocate this high level of love. Again, we do this in a secret place. If you want to join us Monday through Friday on the radio show, you can do that. Just send me the email and I'll get you the link to the radio show. Night Moods HDQ on Blog Talk Radio. So you're required to reciprocate back to your father out of the secret place this agape love this unconditional love and this is part of the requirements plural so when you understand him in you and the love of him in you and the hope of glory Jesus is the hope of his glory and you have to understand that what is required of you is that you are seen as precious to Heavenly Father. Did you know that? You're precious to your Heavenly Father. It's fascinating. Because you are precious in His eyes. He says this in first person. This is Isaiah chapter 43 and 4. And I'm helping you out here just by scriptures alone and giving you key verses to help you understand what is required of you. So I'm breaking this down. I'm deconstructing the scriptures to help you engage with New Testament New Testament compulsion by your Heavenly Father. These are what is required of you. 
this is the first position as a son and a daughter. He says this to Isaiah because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. All right. Now we're going to talk about some heaviness. Do you understand what is required of you? So you being a son and a daughter, this is your first position. And this is being a child of God. And the child of God understands the love and the volume of love and the language of love and how to communicate and reciprocate this love back to our His Heavenly Father, to our Heavenly Father. See, this is first position. Your ministry, your servanthood does not come before you. Your sonship. Your sonship is vital. Your sonship is the first position. She just walked this out before his disciples and his followers. It's recorded in the testimonies of the Gospels of the Kingdom from Matthew to John and also in other hidden books too. So the elect, do you understand what is required of you? So when you're a child of God, you're supposed to mature. This means the level of faith that he's given you and all the other spiritual mechanics that you possess when you are saved and born again. Faith, belief, trust, love, bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These are supposed to manifest into perfection. This is maturity. So let's get into John chapter 15, verses 1. See, now do you understand what is required of you as a son? And a son who's a co-heir. And Jesus, in this chapter, breaks down four protocols that you and I are to live in and under and abide in them. And these four protocols, well, they're keys that open a door. So I'm going to break these down for you. They're, they're going to point them out, four, one at the left top, one at the right top, one at the lower right bottom, one at the lower left bottom. And when you connect the dots, they make a door. Jesus said, I'm the door. No one can come to the Father unless they come through me. These are his words. And so many misrepresent John chapter 15 because they don't understand kingdom communication and kingdom intelligence. And the intel that Jesus is bringing forth has everything to do with sonship. See, there was a pledge between Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, at the time of creation, when he was a spirit. And Heavenly Father made this pledge with him, that at an appointed time in a season and an age, that he would go and send his son, a spirit, into and birth him as a baby. And he would be his representation. He would be his visible image in the earth realm. And so he returned a kingdom that Adam lost. When you understand the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations, Jesus returned what Adam lost. He actually lost the kingdom in the garden east of Eden. And so in John chapter 15, what you are realizing when you study this, and I'm going to deconstruct this in such a way it's going to help you out, maybe blow your mind, maybe turn on some light bulbs. That's going to be awesome because for me, it's to help you understand what is required of you as a son 
And what is required of you as a son is to know how to cultivate your new kingdom life as a co-heir with Christ Jesus. And he gives you four protocols how to do this. Let's knock this out. 15, chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is, the book of John is one of the most, is the intimate book of all the Gospels. This is the relational book, the spiritual relating book between Jesus and his heavenly fathers manifested before his disciples plus the 170 and his elect servants. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Pay attention to what I'm sharing with you. Every branch that does not bear fruit in me, he removes. Now, he doesn't say I remove. He says my father removes it. And every branch that bears fruit puts on display. This word bear, every branch that does not bear fruit. This word is pharaoh. This means to carry, to conduct, to make known, to put on display the fruit. Now, what is the fruit? The fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23. He's unpacking sonship in four protocols. The first protocol, you have to understand, this is the word abide or remain. Every time you see the word remain, starting in verse 4, is the word abide. And this is one of the golden keys that open the door to Father's heart. You are, He says in verse 3, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now, I'm reading this in first person because I want you to study this in first person and receive this in first person. So I'm helping you to understand what is required of you in your first position. Your first position is to understand that you are a son of the Most High God and you are a daughter of the Most High God. And a child of God matures into the Son of God. This is sonship. Jesus is opening the door to the understanding of sonship. Verse 4, remain in me and I in you. He says remain. This word remain is meno. Meno is to abide, to wait. He says, Meno in me, and I meno in you. I wait in you, I abide in you. Just as the branch is not able to, Pharaoh, bear fruit from itself unless it remains in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me, remain in me. Verse 5, now he reiterates, he brings back to their memory, I am the vine, you are the branches. So what he did in verse verse 1 of chapter 15, he says, I am the true vine and my father is a vine dresser. Verse 5, he takes it down another level. He's relating between himself and the rest of us who are the branches. The first position was his relationship between him and Heavenly Father. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who abides in me and I in him, this one bears much fruit. The one who abides in me and I in him. This is the first protocol. Remember, four protocols opening up a door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door, I'm the truth, I'm the light. No one comes to the Father unless they come through me. Verse 5, the one who abides in me 
and I abide in him, this one does what? Makes publicly known, puts on display much fruit. The fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. For apart from me, you are not able to do anything. Now this is a true statement. Now your argument is with Jesus and Jesus alone. As he says to his disciples, apart from me, you are not able to do anything. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown out as a branch, and a branch dries up, and my words abide in you. Now he says, my words. First was, he abides in us, and we abide in him. And then he says, my words have to abide in you, and you abide in my words. Look at verse 7 here. He is bringing forth four protocols. He gives you two protocols as children being matured as sons and daughters. This is sonship to the Heavenly Father. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may want to underline this. He says, ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. Now, the first two protocols is not do it for seven days and it's complete. This is seven days a week, 365 days a year abiding. And he says, when you do the first two protocols, ask whatever you want and it will be done because he, he knows he's talking to future sons of God. Remember, these are his disciples. They have not been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has not ascended yet. He is the bridegroom and they are with the bridegroom. So verse seven, he's telling them, now remain in my word remain in me and I remain in you and my word remains in you and you remain in my word and you can ask whatever you want and it shall be done for you see Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 through 31 talks about the king's requirements to his citizens and the king is obligated and required to take care of his citizens if and they participate in their requirements, which is to seek the kingdom first and his righteousness and all the needs will be added. This is another level of sonship. So you have verse 7. Underline, circle, highlight verse 7. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. But you have to remain and abide in him and in his words and he abides in you and his words abide in you. So that's connection. Now, verse 8, he gives the reason for asking whatever we want. The want is what? The want denotes thalo. And this is a strong level of desire. Okay? So this word transliterated phonetically is thalo. And this is a wish, a desire. So this word wish is active. And he says, ask whatever you wish or dream and it will be done for you. Why? My heavenly father is glorified by this. When you abide in me and my word abide in you. By this, you will bear much fruit. You will put on display much volume of the Holy Spirit. Isn't this really kind of neat? And so that's verse eight. He gives you the reason. My father is glorified by this, and you will bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. 
And the proof is by bearing and abiding. So verse 9, he now adds love to the equation. So verse 10, no, verse 9 here says, Just as my heavenly Father has loved me, and I love you, remain in my love, abide in my love. Did you catch that? Abide in my love. So that's the third protocol. If you want to understand how to live in sonship as a co-heir, this is a requirement of you. Jesus is laying this out. And this all happens because you have been saved and born again by the Holy Spirit. Baptized by the Holy Spirit. And so you have abiding, remaining in Him. Abiding and remaining in His Word. And His Word abides and remains in you. And then you can ask whatever you wish or desire or want. And it will be done for you when you do the abiding. Isn't this kind of neat? So, you have the abiding factor. You have, my Father's glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and prove through abiding to be my disciples. So, if we want to prove, how do we prove to be disciples of Christ? Well, you do what's required of you. You do what's required of you and you approve to be his disciples. And now he adds another protocol. This is a third protocol. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So what is the love he's talking about? The love here is this word known as agape. And agape love is unconditional love. It's the relationship with our, our Father. And it dictates how we should treat our Father. It's a deep affection. A feeling of deep affection. It's, it's that unconditional love, affectionate love that Heavenly Father loved Christ Jesus with. Verse 11. He then says, I have spoken these things to you. It talks about abiding and remaining in His love, remaining in His Word, and remaining in Him. And you can ask, and Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. And you, this proves that you're disciples of Jesus. And so he talks about the joy. I've spoken these things to you. These things are what he's talked about in abiding. Learning how to be a co-heir. Understanding the four protocols. That you would understand the things that he's teaching you in order that his joy may be in you and your joy may be complete because his joy completes our joy requirements of us to receive the joy of Jesus in all things, all conditions, circumstances, situations, and crisis. Then he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I loved you. Now, he breaks down this love called agape, and he says in verse 13, no one has greater love than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That is agape love. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves. He's talking to his disciples, right? You are my friends if, I, if you do what I command you. So we are Jesus' friend if we do what he commands us to do. And that's love the brethren. The ecclesia. 
verse 15, he talks about, No longer do I call you slaves. But I have called you friends because everything that I have heard from my Father, I have revealed it to you. And then, verse 16, he gives you the fourth protocol. This is the fourth protocol to understand what is required of you as a son. And when you understand what's required of you as a son, sky's the limit. Because more requirements bring about more promises and more promises bring about more increase. Verse 16, he says, you did not choose me. He's talking to them, but I chose you and appointed you. The appointment is this word called tidame. Tidame, which is understood, is to place, to put into action that you should go and bear fruit. And your fruit your fruit, we possess the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Your fruit should abide in order that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So a co-heir receives the obligations from our Heavenly Father. And so we must learn how to live in the requirements as a son. And in the kingdom, there's protocols. In the kingdom, there are statutes and there's ordinances. And Jesus, in the first time in all of the Gospels, opens up kingdom protocols of how to live as a son. And what a son can do when he is living in righteousness, in alignment to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus through Jesus to the Heavenly Father. And verse 7, you can ask for your wishes. And in verse 16, when you're abiding and the fruit abide and the fruit increase, you can ask whatever you want in Jesus' name, and he will give you. So when you understand your requirements, it enables you to live as a co-heir. And that's the deal. We're not meant to live first as ministers or as business owners, but we were first appointed to live as children of God who mature as co-heirs seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, real quick, I said I, I would do this for you. I want to I go here and I want to share this with you so that you understand Ephesians chapter 3, a requirement. This is really kind of cool. As all the systems break down here in the lab, I'm, I'm glad I'm still live with you guys. Ephesians chapter 3, let's see if I can bring this down. If I can't bring this down, then I have the Bible back up. So my logos is going a little wonky here. Let me see if I can get this over here for you. Because it shouldn't be messing up here. But you know what? This happens when you're live. Things tend to get out of order. Let's see what's going on. That's interesting. All right. It still works. So we got it. We got it. We're good. Ephesians chapter 3. I told you we get here. And I was sitting there thinking as I was speaking with you, like what in the world's going on? And we are back live here on the internet. That's kind of great. Things happen. So you got to go with the roll the punches, right? Let me get to Ephesians chapter 3 so that you can catch this in real time. Just scrolling through. Don't mind me. It happens. 
just in the book of Titus here. Bible, local Bible software. I'm scrolling. I don't like to just type it in, but if I type it in, I'm off. But we'll get back on shortly here. Ah, we're getting close. You hear me just thumping away, right? Ephesians chapter 3. Another kingdom requirement. And you're going to catch this, and maybe you have not catched this before, but I'm just helping you bring to your remembrance. Here we go. Bring to remembrance is what you need to understand. All right? Let's see if we got... Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, too far. Not like that. The Holy Spirit just working right there. All right, let me bring this to you. Another kingdom requirement for you to understand. This is really kind of cool. Um, now, Paul is talking to the apostolic church here, and I want you to get this. Another requirement for you to understand. This is a cool requirement. This is spiritual intel. Now, I'm going to go through here. It's going to kind of feel a little long-winded, but I want you to understand what he's talking about here. To the apostolic church, he writes the letter to Ephesians, to Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. Now, let me go back to verse 3. Um, see, according to the revelation of the mystery that was made known to me. He's talking about the mystery made known to him, just as I wrote beforehand in brief. So that you may be able to, when you read and understand my insight into the mystery of Jesus, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been made revealed to his holy apostles, plural, and prophets, plural, by the Holy Spirit. Here's the mystery, verse 6, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and fellow members of the body, and fellow sharers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, of which I became a servant, I'm in verse 7, according to the gift of God's grace, the spirit of grace given to me according to the working of his spiritual power. Then verse 8, this is where I want you to pay attention. To me, the least of the saints, was given this spiritual grace to proclaim the good news to the fathomless riches of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. So we understand that. And to enlighten everyone as to what is the administration. Look at verse 9 here. Do you understand what is required of you? Now Paul is writing in this epistle to the apostolic church. This is the pillar of the church. One of the pillars of the church is in, the, in Ephesus. They're also in one of the seven churches in the book of Revelations. So this is a powerful church. They received the spiritual intel. Because in Ephesians chapter 6, they received the spiritual warfare and how to engage in spiritual warfare. But he says here in verse 9, pay attention. This is another requirement that you may want to understand. I want to challenge you to understand this with what limited time we have left here. He says, after he was given the spirit of grace and the authority to proclaim the good news of the fathomless riches of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to the Gentiles, and to enlighten everyone, to enlighten this word and to enlighten everyone, potizo, to bring to light, to shed light upon, to disclose what has been kept secret to everyone as to what is the administration of the mystery hidden from the ages by Heavenly Father who created all things in order that the many-sided wisdom of God might be made known, 
now to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places through the church. This is another requirement of the sons and co-heirs through the apostles and the prophets that in order that the many-sided wisdom of Father might be made known now to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places through the church. Do you know that this is required of you to share the many-sided wisdoms of Heavenly Father in the realms of the Spirit? The angels don't know the wisdom of God. Let that sink in for a little bit. According to the purpose of the years, the ages, according to the purpose of the ages, this word ages is eon. And this improper term simply means age. Eon, ages, which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence through faith in him. So, breaking chapter 9 down for you to understand that you have another requirement. So he said, and to bring the hidden mysteries to light, everyone as to what is the administration of the mystery hidden from the ages, the eons, by God who created all things. The reason is that the many-sided reason, the many-sided wisdom of God might be made known now to the rulers and authorities. Those rulers are the archangels and the authorities. The exosia, the powers in the heavenly places through the ecclesia, through the church. You are supposed to share the many-sided wisdom of God, not to earth. This was never supposed to be earthbound. The requirement is to share the many-sided wisdom of God according to the letters of Paul to the apostolic church in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, 10, and 11. To make known now to the rulers, the archangels, and the power, the, the rankings of the angels in the heavenly places through the ecclesia, according to the purpose of the ages which he, Father, carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence through the faith of Christ Jesus. So we have a lot to learn, if you truly want to learn. But your kingdom requirements, oh, far supersede any religious requirements, denominational requirements, any Christian requirements, because this is a kingdom thing. This is a kingdom movement. This is a kingdom business. It's a kingdom government. It's a kingdom administration. Your requirements begin with you. To understand what is required of you, is to better understand your identification as a son who matures from a child to a son, who matures from a, a little girl to a, a, a woman, and relates to your Heavenly Father and increases in relationship to your Heavenly Father through Jesus. And you are a co-heir 
and you can live as a koa here in Earth. It's a lot to offer, isn't it? Well, I'm gonna leave you with that for now. But I want you to break down. I want you to break down Ephesians 3, 7 through 11. And also breaking down your great understanding. Deconstruct the scriptures from John chapter 15. Ask the Holy Spirit questions and understand your birthright. Understand that you have been saved out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And see, this is to understand your kingdom requirements is to ask better questions of the Holy Spirit. Who is your teacher? And he will teach you in all things and lead you into all truth. He's the game changer, folks. If you have a question, nightmoodshdq at gmail.com or simply send a message right here in this show. If you have a question, we'd love to help clarify what you've heard. Write it down. Take notes. Seek the Holy Spirit. Remember, test all things, prove all things, hold fast to what is true. And don't forget to download this episode and share and subscribe and get connected to help build this kingdom community and grow as a son and learn who you are as a co-heir and what is required of you as a co-heir. Far supersede you servant gifts and the servanthood and your your business. See, this first position is a game changer. When you understand what is required of you, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Be sure to check out the next episode right here on Night Moods. Thank you for listening. Hope to see you again. Hope to talk to you again. Until then, take care. has been a production of Night Moods HDQ.